0: Welcome to Seller's Journey, the podcast where we speak to great sales reps and leaders and share their real stories from start to sales success. Hi, everybody. I'm Joseph Fung, and today we're speaking with Nick Maldonado. Nick is a sales manager at Communication Zone, a TELUS dealer of business and corporate solutions. Nick, thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Joseph. I'm really excited about this conversation today because not only has a a trusted kind of friend and partner introduced us, uh, but uh, I didn't get to share this before, but I also spent some time overseas uh, teaching English, and so uh, I feel like there's a a bit of affinity to your story, so I'm really eager to hear more. Awesome. Whereabouts were you? Um, I was in China, uh, definitely not the same part of the world as you, uh, but that time overseas uh, was definitely insightful for me, so I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing how it impacted your journey as well.
1: Very life-changing, that's for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, you mentioned how you're working at a, a dealer, you know, communication zone. Maybe you can help uh, our audience uh, a little bit with kind of your your elevator pitch. You know, what makes you and your firm different than, you know, other dealers or, or other service providers?
1: Sure. So as I'd say, in general, communication zone's been around for about 20 years and for us, we're focused on providing the best corporate and business solutions, and that's both in terms of wireless, voiceover IP, collaboration tools, and fleet solutions. But what makes us unique and different is we've really perfected a personal touch, and we have account managers that are experts in the products and what they do, and really making sure that what we provide to the customer is something we can support through and through, both during the sale and afterwards for the lifetime of the customer.
0: I love how that uh, role of the sales group is so critical to the the offering. Uh, so I love that perspective. So thinking a little bit about your journey and your story. Maybe you can start off a little bit,
1: you know, where where did you go to school? Where did you grow up? So I actually grew up in downtown Toronto and I say the real downtown, it was Sherburn and the Esplanade, so right around the St. Lawrence Market. And I started going to an alternative school really called Downtown Alternative School. And the focus there was more on peacemaking and conflict resolution, which sounds kind of hokey when you say it out loud. But from an early age, it meant that when we had any sorts of conflicts, the usual playground scuffles and things you get between kids, we were actually trained to have the kids ourselves have the two people in the conflict. And then we'd all sit in a diamond pattern or a square. And you would have two other kids that acted as the mediators. And it Looking back now, I realize how important that was because it kind of set the stage for open communication and active listening right from elementary school. So I love
0: that focus on the active listening and communications. That's such a great foundation for a
1: fantastic sales career. Oh yeah, I mean, growing up having to deal with all kinds of other conflicts, like you know, family and other friends. When I left that school in grade six, it's just something that I feel helped me to be a more effective communicator. In all aspects of my life. So, I mean, fast forward to to high school, and I went to Rockway Mennonite Collegiate in Kitchener. So, again, another school with, I'd say, more of a, a pacifist focus, or really focused on faith and, in general, on uh, living a good kind of life. Uh, me personally, I'm not religious, but I'd say I'm spiritual. So, that whole part of the education just gave me, first of all, a higher academic standard, but also reinforced everything else i'd learned up to that point about proper communication and just being a good person
0: and then continuing into to university you spent a bit of time overseas as part of your university
1: career right yes uh, yeah, so i actually ended up um but the behest of a friend who encouraged me uh, so i have an older sister that ended up studying abroad as well she lived with some family in ecuador spent a week or sorry, a year working in Guatemala. And uh, she was encouraging me to do it. But another friend explained to me how important she thought her study abroad journey was. And I was lucky enough to be able to work with the Spanish department at the University of Waterloo to get me into the University of Alicante in Spain. Wow. Yeah. So that was a really awesome term for me. Good four months abroad. So, you went to school. You've spoken a lot about how,
0: how profound and how impactful it was. Uh, as, as you you wrapped up at school, uh, you know what was what was your first role? Uh, what uh, was your first kind of working experience? Was it a sales role?
1: It wasn't. So I, when I came back from Spain, I had done co-op jobs at the University mm-hmm. of Waterloo, and during that time, I was a TA for a computer science course. It's CS 100 for any Waterloo alumnus out there. So <laughs> it was uh, just an introduction to computing, to a whole bunch of uh, apps, the Microsoft Office suite and programming. So mm-hmm. I aced the course and then I saw a co-op job opportunity popping up to teach it. And so I'd say that kind of took all the other lessons I learned and helped me focus on, on being an effective communicator, being able to be patient and, and really teach in the right way for different styles of learning. But when I finished university, or I'd say when I came back from Spain, I had no more co-op terms left. And so the gravy train was kind of running out at that point. So I ended up getting a job at Value Village. And I was a recycler in the back. So I was the one wearing the green vest that accepts donations, drives the forklift. It was really a physical job. I got to banter a lot with the people in the back. And to a point, I would be Mm -hmm. pricing out the furniture and some of the bigger donations that came in. So sometimes there were customers that would come in and try and negotiate a price, and the manager was pretty strict, right? It's whatever I price it at is what we should be selling it for. So that was sort of a basic, basic negotiation, I'd say. And before that, I'd even done Spring Masters locally, which is sort of a door-to-door lawn care company. And that was... That was probably my first real foray into sales, and it was tough because not everybody wants to pay somebody to uh, you know, aerate their lawn or do their driveway, things like that.
0: So, in all of this, you, you've got a great opportunity to spend time interacting with a huge variety of people. You know, I think that that does a great job of uh, you know building a, a foundation for empathy. Um, but one of the things that you know jumped out as we got to hear your story and in, in the introduction that I had to you is that you also spent some time at Maxwell's Music House.
1: Can you can you share a little bit about what that was like? Oh, man, that was a great time. So <laughs> first of all, I'd say I've been in a couple of bands over the years, one with two very good friends, and uh, another one as well, where there were four of us and another buddy that joined the fold. And so Maxwell's Music House was kind of the first venue in the Waterloo region, owned by Paul Maxwell, of course, a local guy and a Laurier grad. And he was really warm and welcoming to all local musicians. So there were a lot of gigs that we played there. Uh, We got a chance to rent out the space occasionally on weekends to rehearse. And Paul was just awesome. Like There's nobody better that would allow people that are interested in music or just creative expression to kind of explore. And I briefly did uh, do some bartending there. It was more you know, three or four months or so just before he decided to move locations to where Dooley's used to be and where he is now, which is huge. So, I mean, aside from just having, enjoying the the musical part of it myself as a musician, gigging and meeting lots of other people in the music community, I got to spend some time behind the bar, which was an exercise in sales in and of itself. It was very fast paced. I got to talk with different people. Some people really like to talk and have a lot to say and other people, you know, they just want to drink and don't want to banter. So I definitely got to interact with all different kinds. Nice. So here's the big
0: question. These are all fantastic opportunities and, you know, really rich experiences. Your first real sales role, though, I think was at a TELUS kind of retail location. Can you share about how that came to be and how you got into that role?
1: Yeah. So it actually came about um, because I was at the value village and you know, I wasn't exactly, uh, I'd say I knew that I could be doing better for myself. I was just doing the recycler position. It was great because it kept me in shape, but I realized that you know, I've got a university degree. I've got a double major. I've got something on the wall with a gold seal that tells me I've achieved a certain standard for myself. And mm. there were quite a few times where people would come in to donate things and we'd talk. And on more than one occasion, somebody would tell me, you seem to speak very properly. You have a very good way with words and you seem to know what you're talking about and you seem smart. What are you doing here? And eventually I thought to myself, like maybe there's a point here. I should probably start looking at some options now that I've got a degree. I'm obviously qualified for something different. So I spent a few months... And of thinking about what I wanted to do, I did apply for some jobs that I didn't make the cut for. So I did a few interviews here and there. And I ended up dropping a whole bunch of resumes around the KW area. The last place that I dropped a resume at was a TELUS store. And it's funny because I was walking by with a friend and I just made a joke about how, oh (laughs) TELUS, you know, whatever, sure, I'll apply here. I like cell phones. I'd spent a lot of time in university actually rooting and installing custom software and charging people for it. So I obviously Mm. knew the tech. Why not just apply just for the fun of it? And they were the first ones to call me back. So I ended up taking the interview. I liked the manager that interviewed me and I worked there for about a year and a half. So I got to apply a lot of the other conversational skills that I learned and my tech knowledge too
0: now the the kind of big shift though is now getting onto the more just the business side of things uh, and your move over uh to your current role at communication zone you know how did how did that opportunity come up and you know what was that transition
1: like i'd say that it was another result of some chance encounters and some feedback from people in the store so i was consistently a high performer from a numbers perspective and Really, in terms of customer satisfaction, TELUS is really big on that. And one of the metrics that they judge all people in the stores by is customer experience. So I consistently exceeded 130% of my goal in surveys and everything else. And my sales numbers were good on the retail floor. There were some folks that would come into the store just to buy a phone for their kids or for themselves that were actually ex TELUS employees on the business side. There were a couple of gentlemen that had come in and said the same thing that a few people at value village had told me was you seem to to know what you're talking about and you seem to be a smart guy. Have you considered moving up to business sales? And at the time I was, well, how old was I? I guess it was about 24, 25. I was in three bands, three gigging active bands at the time I was enjoying life. And the job that I had was good. It was fun. It paid the bills and it got, helped me exercise my nerd muscles a little bit, but, (laughs) um, There was one day that a gentleman came in and he needed something really simple. It was just a SIM card swap. And normally we'd be able to do that ourselves. But Mm -hmm. when I tried to get into the account, it said it was a corporate account and I didn't have access. So I had to call in. And there was about 10 minutes of hold time and he and I were talking. It turns out that he was an area sales manager for Telus Business Solutions. And he just left the company and he said to me, the same thing as the others had said, it said, how would you feel about maybe considering business side of things? Cause you seem to know the Telus products really well. And uh, I kind of laughed and I said, well, you know, you're not the first person to say that, but what do you mean? That's when he told me who he was. And he suggested that you know, if you want, I actually know the guy that's replacing me in my sales manager role. So why don't we fire off and email him to him right now? and see if we can score you an interview. My heart kind of skipped a beat, and I realized that this is actually a guy that would have some influence, so I took him up on that.
0: I love how you seized that opportunity. That is such a a wicked, wicked chance. Now, thinking a little bit about that role, your new role, I do have one area I'd love to dig into, because when Heather introduced us, she also mentioned a really interesting story about risk Uh-oh. and drama um so <laughs> if, if you're comfortable with it one, one of the things that always strikes me is we speak to sales professionals and in many ways the biggest and scariest things we need to deal with is our zoom call dropping in the middle of a conversation <laughs> uh, but she told me that your store your local your office was robbed
1: can you share a bit about that oh man so there were I guess there's two different occasions where the store that I work in has been robbed. One of them was on a weekend. Nobody was there. So you no, know, no problems, I guess, other than the inventory and the cost, but nobody was hurt. But mm-hmm. actually, this was, this was earlier this year. Um, I want to say February, but I might've blocked it from my mind a little bit normally by that time of day, cause it was just before five o'clock, there would only be one person in the store. But, um, that particular day, there were four employees there, including myself. And so, we were all, three of us anyway, we were getting ready to pack up. And I remember being on the phone with a colleague. He was in our Etobicoke office. And we were just chatting at the end of the day, kind of debrief and talk about some opportunities and pricing and whatnot. And uh, it didn't really register to me what was happening at first because I, I heard someone come in. I heard some yelling And I thought to myself, well, this is Brantford. I mean, we get people yell all the time in the store, so nothing unusual. But what kind of set it off was uh, one of my other colleagues was in the back. She turned and was walking towards the security cameras because she also heard the yelling. And I was on the phone. I was focused on something else. She dropped her drink and just bolted out the back of the store without saying a word. And as soon as she did that, I'm like, oh, uh, that's weird. And that's when I realized what was happening. And I just kind of told my colleague very quietly, because I had my headset on, I just told him, we're being robbed, call the police, I got to (laughs) go, I got to hang up the phone right now in case they see. So yeah, it was, they were in and out in three minutes. Uh, They actually didn't see me at first, because I was behind a partition at my desk. But um, they did kind of rough up the other two employees that were at the front, and you know, it's a robbery. They had weapons. They were really aggressive. And at some point, you know, I I wasn't sure what to do because they didn't know I was there. And I, I couldn't exactly make a phone call because that would make noise and raise an alarm for them. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I kind of stood up after a couple of minutes and just put my hands up and said, guys, is there anything I can do to get you out of the store? Can I help you in any way? They, uh, they didn't like that. But nothing happened. They just, oh, man. They, they told me to stand back. I did. I just kind of had to watch as they finished packing up the massive shipment that we received that day and they left. So was everybody okay. At the end. Yeah. I think the other two were definitely very shaken up because they, all three of us had a guns, a gun to our face, but the two of them in particular got shoved and got hit with the gun. And so they were, we were all okay. Like we didn't really want to, Revisit it after that. We just decided, all right, let's take a couple of days off. Our bosses, our dealer principals were really good about obviously giving us a chance just to process what happened. And the next week, we were back to work and we just, you know, just try to keep the routine, keep business as usual. That's a uh, quite, quite the
0: story uh, and definitely something. I think most of our uh, you know, interviewees and, and many of our audience you know, don't have to deal with. Uh, thank goodness. I'm sorry that you had to deal with that. That must've been extremely,
1: extremely stressful. Uh, thank you. It was, it was kind of weird. It's one of those things that when it's happening, it's very surreal and you almost don't believe that it's happening. But then after the fact, I think it was, I came home. I, I, have, so I had to go to the police station. I ate a sub. I told my roommate what happened And then I even went to karaoke that night at at be at the museum downtown. (laughs) I mean, I sang a song. I had a drink. I was just kind of keeping to myself and I guess putting off processing what happened. And then when I got home and I got into bed, that's when it hit me. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) So, fortunately. What an experience. Yeah. But, I mean, fortunately, I took the next day off and just kind of kept to myself, played the guitar. I called my boss and just talked to her about it, but it was all good after a couple of days. It's just, again, one of those things that when it happens, you don't really realize the full gravity of something like that until afterwards. But fortunately, we're all, uh, all rational adults and we can process it over time and, and just get back to normal.
0: So, I, I bet all of, all of this context makes it a lot easier to handle situations that would normally stress out a sales rep like objections or or cranky customers i imagine that puts <laughs> it in perspective
1: well the good news is normally if we come up against objections people aren't threatening us but mm-hmm. uh, salespeople on the phone or even going door to door always have to face maybe folks that aren't so willing to uh, to see things from your side or don't even want to entertain a conversation and People can be pretty rude when that happens, but you just have to roll with the punches. It's the best thing you can do. Nick, I have to say, I'm so impressed with how kind of grounded you
0: are and how calm you are speaking about a situation uh, that would have scared the scared the little crap out of me. So, you know, you have hats off to you. I'm really impressed. Uh, thank you. Um, I know I promised that I wouldn't you know, keep you too long, and I really, truly appreciate you opening up and sharing some of the, the details of your your journey before I let you go, do you mind if we ask a couple of rapid fire questions? Go for it. Awesome. You've had a, a great, great variety of experiences, but specifically thinking about selling. Uh, what's, what's your favorite sales tool?
1: I'd have to say it's my smartphone because mm. it's something I can demonstrate features on. I can use it for video calls. It's pretty much a full on communications hub and sales tool in and of itself.
0: Nice. Right. and what about your favorite movie?
1: Probably Scott
0: Pilgrim versus the World. Good <laughs> choice. I like that. Nice. Uh, and when you were a kid, what did you want to grow up to be? Fireman. Definitely a fireman. Nice. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you having me on, and thanks to you as well. I'm looking forward to our next conversation, and I hope you uh, stay safe and stay sane, and uh, we'll chat again soon.
1: Likewise. Have a good
0: afternoon. Ciao.